and peace to you. This is just a reflection character. This is who he is. This is how he is, is that he extends to you, his people, grace and peace. And you know, this is not, this is not just a new thing that's on this side of the cross. You know, this is something that has just always been in God's nature. You know, we read in Psalm 86, it says, But thou, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Amen? So this is just, this is just who God is. This is the God that we serve, compassionate, gracious, long-suffering, plenteous, overflowing in mercy and truth. And all of this bears the fruit in your life of peace, right? That's what we talked about last week. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's funny that Paul, it reminds me a bit of the beginning of Peter, right? You know, Peter, we think of this rough fisherman and you know, he begins this letter, and he barely gets through the introduction, and he's got his hands in the air, and he's praising the Lord, and this is exactly what we see in Paul. It's exactly what we see in Paul. One of my favorite old saints says this, the apostle proposes to write an epistle to the church, but he has no sooner opened it with a salutation then he leaves the consideration of the church and breaks out into a holy flame of praise to God. His heart so full in the contemplation of the divine love that like bottles ready to burst, he could no longer contain. And he's quoting from Job there, right? And so I want to encourage you today, and maybe as we go through this book, that this book is just full of God's love and mercy and grace. And I want us to be like Paul. I want us to be ready to burst as we understand and as we contemplate what this looks like for us. I don't want us to be just like... Right? We do this. Okay, most of you don't fold your arms. Every once in a while, a few of you will nod. But we need to be full of joy today. This book is a blessing to our soul. Amen? So, verse 3 opens up, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I'm a bit of a simpleton, and I always struggle a little bit when you have this short of a verse, and it uses the same word three times in different ways. And I have a little trouble getting my head wrapped around that. But the thing that we need to understand going in is that God is a God of blessing. It's just like his grace and his peace from before in verse 2, right? This is who God 
is. This is his nature. This is his character. This is the way he acts. So when we look at this word blessed, we need to kind of figure out what it means, right? Well, it means blessed. I love it when the, when the dictionaries do that. What does blessed mean? Well, it means blessed. It means well spoken of. It means worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. The first time it's used here, it means inherently worthy to be praised. Inherently worthy to be praised. And when we think about that, this can only be talking about the Lord God himself. Amen? He is the only one who is inherently worthy to be praised. Some of the translations actually say, blessed, or a praise be to God here. And it's, it's got that idea that this blessed means that we are praising God. We are praising the one who is inherently worthy to be praised. We are speaking good words to the Lord. Now, some of you may recognize this Greek word. Um, we translate it into um, English as eulogy. Everybody knows what that means, right? That means we say nice things about dead people. Everybody experience that? It's not necessarily what this means here. This is talking about the one who is worthy to be praised. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And this is what we're talking about here right off the bat in verse 3. Is blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. Now, this is a kind of a standard blessing or prayer in the Jewish culture that they would start off with, blessed be God, and then they would name him, they would give him a special name, and then they would say what he does. And it's usually related to the name that they gave him. If you'll see it here, it says, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. This is exactly what I think Paul is doing in this verse. He is saying, Blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and through that position, giving us Christ and blessing us in all heavenly places, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Do you follow that? Now, Paul uses this in other places, 2 Corinthians 1. Peter uses it um, in the beginning of his letter. Um, this, is, um, this is used eight different times. This blessed be God is used eight different times in the New Testament. It is always, always, always referring to God, all right? It's in, it's in Mark, it's in Luke, it's in Romans, it's in 2 uh, Corinthians. 
You can look those up later if you want. But when it says, blessed be God or the blessed one, it's always talking about the Lord. So we name him as Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is God the Father who sent the Son, who had him appear in time and history. So this is the work that he was doing. He decreed that Jesus the Messiah would come. This is his role as Father. To what end though, right? What's the point here? Well, the point is you and I. He came, Jesus came, God the Father sent Jesus, God the Son, to bless you, to bless us. And in verse 3, where it says, who has blessed us, this means to um, invoke favor or to speak blessings upon someone, right? But when God is doing it, when it's God towards man, when he is speaking blessings towards God, it almost always shows up as an action. It is God intervening in our lives and in his creation. He shows up to bless us or to speak well of us or to see that we have a need. Not necessarily a desire, but we have a need. And as we cry out to him, he blesses us by intervening. So when God blesses, we have to see this in his nature, right? So I want to take you back all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. The first idea of God blessing shows up right off the bat. In verse 19, we'll start in verse 19. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. So God, our God, intervened in time and history and he blessed his creation and then just a few verses farther down it says and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now when we read through this, we need to understand that when it says, and God, and this begins consistently at Genesis chapter 1, that this name of God that we just translate here as God is Elohim. All right? And this means, um, um, this name displays his supreme power, his sovereignty, and his faithfulness to his covenant relationship with us. Do you see this? So from the very beginning, the, power, the almighty, the all-powerful, the all-sovereign, the all-faithful God of the covenant, he's using a name that declares himself to be faithful to us in our covenantal relationship from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 2, we see that this same God, Elohim, the same name, blessed the seventh day and hallowed it and set it apart for you and I to come and listen and to worship and to bless and to praise. And this same God, this name, Elohim, in chapter 9, comes to Noah and his sons and blesses them. And he says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. This is our faithful, covenant-keeping God coming and saying, I love you in this covenant. I will be faithful to you. I will bless you. I will cause you to multiply. I will cause you to have dominion. I will cause you to rule over all that I have created. That's amazing. Then in Genesis 12, we see, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. And in you, Abram, in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Whew. Now in this passage, it uses the word Lord. So in the King James Bible, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The last three are usually smaller than the first one, right? And that one we translate as, or that's his name, Jehovah, or as the Jews would have said, or not very often, Yahweh, right? That's how they pronounced it, though they never said it. Um, so this, this is the Lord God himself showing up and using his personal covenant name. This is how he speaks. This is how he introduces himself. This is how he identifies himself to those who are his, those who know him, those who are in covenant with him. Do you see this? 
Amazingly, this covenantal concept runs all through Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 3. So, we know who we're talking about, right? Who's, who started this? God the Father decreed it. He sent Jesus to be a blessing to his people. And then what did he do? He gives them all spiritual blessings. All right? Here's, here's blessings again. Though it's a different form this time because it means like a present, a gracious kindness, a, um, uh, let's see, what do we call it? Uh, joyful generosity. Okay? So this is pertaining to or belonging to things of the spirits. He has he is given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You see this? Everything that Christians have received through God's acts in Christ is summarized in this expression, all spiritual blessings. This gift that you have contains all spiritual blessings. Do you know which blessings are left out of that? I mean, think about this for just a minute. So, in Christ, we have all spiritual blessings. And as we read through the rest of this paragraph here in Ephesians chapter 1, we will see the nature of these gracious gifts. Paul makes them really plain. He says it includes election to holiness, adoption as God's sons and daughters, redemption and forgiveness of sins, redemption from forgiveness of sins, for sins. A knowledge, get this, a knowledge of God's gracious plan to do all things in Christ, to give you the gift of his Holy Spirit, and to give you the hope of glory. You see, this is what grace and peace looks like. This is what all spiritual blessings look like. Now, it's really amazing because all these spiritual blessings are in heavenly places with Christ, right? So this, this heavenly places, this is an idea that really only shows up here. It's Paul in Ephesians. He uses this a, a number of times through this letter. So what we have to understand and get our minds wrapped around, and we've talked about some of this as we approach worship first thing in the morning, is that, oh, in God's grace, we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. This means that God the Father, the Blessed One, the source of all blessings, is up in heaven blessing us his people down here, right? But it also means that we are going there to receive the blessings. 
The Lord God Almighty is blessing us from heaven and in heaven in Christ. Now, it's not just in heaven, in Christ, but it's in Christ, in heaven. Do you get, do you get this picture? You're not just standing there as a, as a bystander like this saying, whoa, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. No, 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 no. You are in Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You are receiving blessings directly from the Lord in heaven, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Does anybody know how many times Paul says this in the first chapter? It's a bunch. You should count them up. Depends on how you count them, 9 to 11. I saw somebody say 13. It's a lot, okay? It shows up more than um, the concept of this plan being according to God's will. That's four times. All right, so let's call it 10 times. 10 times Paul says, in Christ, to the faithful, in Christ Jesus, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ. You're included in that. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Paul's driving something home here. You and I, the faithful, are in Christ. Do you know how close that communion is with him? You're not walking alongside. You're not walking along behind. You are in Christ. I will... I will get into this a little bit more as we go on here, but I want you to understand that you and I enjoy real communion in Christ. Paul can't emphasize it enough here. I can't drive it home to you enough. You, by faith, need to understand and need to accept the fact that you are in Christ. That is your status. So your three points today is, we talked about the blessed one. We talked about God in his nature is the only one worthy to be praised, right? And then we talked about the blessed people, all right? So these blessings flow unto those who God loves, his covenantal people. And then we talked about what that blessing actually is. That blessing actually is, when you sum it all up, all those spiritual places, all those spiritual blessings, sorry, in all the heavenly places are in Christ. We have real, authentic fellowship, true fellowship and communion in 
Christ. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. You are in Christ, and I want you to get a hold of that. I want you to understand the communion that you have with him. And I want you to understand what this blessing looks like. And we, like Paul, are called to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord because of the blessings that come from him. The Jews called this a baraka. I'm probably not saying it right. A baraka or a blessing. All right? And there are those who think that this is where some of our Eucharistic prayers come from. Some of the prayers that we have around communion are an adaptation from this Jewish style of prayer when they prayed over a cup of wine. He took the cup. Remember? He took the cup and he blessed it. Brothers and sisters, as we come to the table today, I want you to understand something. The Lord of this table is the blessed one. Back to point one, right? Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generation. Deuteronomy chapter 7. He then goes on to describe how he is going to bless his covenantal people. The rest of the chapter is talking about how he is going to love his people and how he is going to bless them. Now, when we look at this verse, when we look at Deuteronomy 7, 9, we are going to see some of these names of God show up again, okay? So the Lord is Jehovah, right? This is his personal covenantal name he uses with his friends. That's you. He uses this name with those whom he knows, those he, who he is in with covenant with. God is Jehovah. I am who I am. The only proper response to him is to fall down in fear and awe and love for the one who possesses all authority. The next name that shows up is the Lord thy God, Elohim. That one again, it means strength and power, mighty and strong. This is a name that displays his supreme power, sovereignty, and faithfulness to his covenantal relationship with us. And the faithful God in this passage, God is El, as in like El Shaddai, this name means God Almighty. The God who is all sufficient and all bountiful. This El Shaddai is the source of all blessings. Do you see how this works? Powerful God, 
faithful God, the God of all blessings. That is the Lord of this table. That is who we will meet with face to face at this table today. And we as his people, he says some things about us too at this table. He says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We have access to the sacrifice. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. We have been purchased. We've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of his son. We who had not obtained mercy now have obtained mercy. And we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. You see, if we are part of his body, we are in Christ. Back to that, right? We are in Christ. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. If you're an elbow, you're in Christ. If you're a big toe, you are in Christ. In Matthew 26, it says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And he blessed it. That's our word from today. He took bread and he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and he said, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remissions of sins. He is blessing us with bread and wine. He is blessing us as his body, with his body and his blood. And then what ultimately is that blessing? You've heard me say this many, many times. John chapter 6, verse 53 through 58. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Here it comes. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me. When you eat this bread and you drink this cup, Jesus dwells in you. And as the Father has sent me, and as I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not that bread that your fathers did eat in the wilderness and are dead. No, no, no. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. 
Jesus said, he that eats of this bread shall live forever. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I don't want us to get hung up on this like, like heavenly places is some place that's not real. Like some, some place that is, we're not there yet. I want you to see that even if those spiritual blessings ultimately re reside in heaven, that as we prayed right before the sermon, we said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to talk about asking for blessings. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours, Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? So even these things which Jesus has in heaven, all right? Jesus possesses certain attributes. We read in Revelation chapter 5 that Jesus, the worthy lamb that was slain, he has all of this, right? He received power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all them that in them are, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto the one who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. I'm about to sound like a name it and claim it guy. We are told in our passage today that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And in those heavenly places, Christ possesses these things. And if we are faithful and if we are in him, if we have been changed by the spirit, if we have been made a new creation, if we are uh, possessors of the faith that God has given us of a gift, Guess what? We possess power and might and strength. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is available for you to use for God's glory. How about riches? Philippians 4, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All the riches in glory are available to you as you have need. Do we believe that this morning? How about honor? Come on, Evans, we're not very honorable, right? 
The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purges himself, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and suitable for the master's use, prepared for every good work. Romans chapter 9 says something similar, that you are a, a vessel fitted to honor. Thanksgiving. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We are supposed to be creatures who give thanks. We are supposed to be full of thanks. If we possess, if we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what are we grumbling about? What are we lacking what is it that you are coveting that could be any good if you already possess all spiritual blessings in Christ? How about wisdom? Luke 21, 15, I will give you a mouth in wisdom. Ephesians 5, so that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Glory, John 17, Romans 8, all right? If you suffer with him, you will also be glorified together with him. Now the kicker, here's the one that I think we really have trouble believing. It said that Jesus sits on the throne, all right? What about that one, Evans? Well, Paul told us that this is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. Where he sits, you sit. John in Revelation says that God has made us kings and priests and that we shall reign on the earth. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Peter says this, finally, be all of you of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be full of pity, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. You know why? you are full of all spiritual blessings and the only reasonable way to respond 
even to your enemies, is by blessing them. Bless those that curse you and despitefully use you. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them, it says. Bless your brothers and sisters. Bless your enemies. And Peter even says, and because of that, you shall inherit another blessing. Try to out-bless God. I dare you. Try to out-bless him. We talk about these covenantal promises that extend way back into Genesis. And sometimes I think we struggle to see how they are still relevant today. How is that for us? How can those promises, those covenantal promises be to people now? We didn't live in the land of Israel. We're not blood descendants of Abraham. One of us is, but she's not here today. Oh no, you are too, right? Where's Nathan? <laughs> I forgot. You see, the promise ultimately, those covenantal promises, all of them, all of them, every covenantal promise made to God's people was ultimately delivered in Christ Jesus. Jesus the Son of God, Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah. In Galatians 3, it says this, Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. There's a blessing. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. You've been given the gift of faith. And the scriptures tell you that because of that gift, you receive that gift and you have become the children of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, that's you, through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham. The gospel was preached to Abraham. All those promises, all those promised blessings were the gospel to Abraham. When he said, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And in Galatians it also tells us that these promised the blessing of Abraham's seed would ultimately be Jesus Christ. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, this is a declaration, this is a covenantal declaration that the God of the covenant, the God who was going to send and did send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, the ultimate fulfillment of all the covenantal promises you possess in Christ. All spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. Let's pray.
Father, oh, how we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, your word is alive, and your word you have sent to accomplish what you have sent it out to do. Lord, your will will be done as your word is proclaimed and preached and believed through the nations. Your kingdom will come, your kingdom will advance, your kingdom will blossom. And in that advancement of your gospel and of your kingdom, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All those who receive the gift of faith, all of the faithful in Christ Jesus receive all the blessings of your covenant. Lord, we thank you for your good word to us today. We pray that you will use this to encourage us, to strengthen us, to build us up, and to increase our faith. And we ask this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Okay.